Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jeremy here with a disclaimer just before we get into the episode. We recorded this before the gameplay trailer as well as the final trailer for Tears of the Kingdom. So there are some things that we talk about in here that have already been covered. But for the most part, I think everything in it is still relevant. Please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild. We've got a bonus episode as this is our pre-Tears of the Kingdom celebration. We got people on here talking about Zelda, talking about Tears of the Kingdom, talking about, well, I guess that's it, really. Uh, For this episode, we are joined by Andy Spatiri from the Zelda Dungeon, uh, also the Zelda Cast podcast. Thank you, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks Uh, for making Zelda dungeon.net an invaluable resource for our show (laughs) (laughs) well i I can't take too much credit for that that's more uh that's more the man on the top but uh you know what actually no i'll take credit for that sure you're welcome (laughs) you're a representative today yes uh tell us a little bit uh, about yourself tell us about zelda dungeon tell us about zelda cast the things that you do uh okay so um my my name is andy and uh for the last six years i have been a part of zeldadungeon.net uh for anybody that doesn't know zelda dungeon is the biggest uh zelda fan site in the world and was originally formed god back in like 2001 two something crazy like that by uh by my pal a guy named mossy Sagopian. so um yeah i've been a part of that team for the last uh six years for the last five years of that i've been the editor-in-chief so i i kind of dabble in Anything you see on the site, I, I usually have a hand in um, making. And then also for the last five years, I uh, I brought back... We had a, a Zelda Dungeon podcast for a while. And actually, conveniently, inconveniently, right as Breath of the Wild came out, our our host of the podcast uh, went off to get married and never came back. So our, our podcast <laughs> was kind of was, was like dead and non-existent during a really hot time for the Zelda series. So in... Uh, Let's see, in late 2017, I was just like, we, we should bring this back. And uh, so, yeah, so for the last five years, I've been uh, hosting our weekly Zelda podcast, the Zelda cast, which used to be called the Champions cast to, uh, you know, tie in with the Champions ballad. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. I've also, I've got a Metroid website, Omega Metroid, and uh, we got uh, our weekly Metroid podcast as well. And Man, I got so many. I got a, a third podcast where we talk about video game movies. That's called Virtual Theater. I, I spend like most of my days podcasting, to be honest. But hey, I love it. So yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's what I'm all about. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say if you waited about seven years, maybe uh, the person would show back up again and and return to the podcast. Maybe it was just a whole sword uh... and pedestal thing. You know, maybe <laughs> I uh, I kind of don't get that feeling though. I think I think if. Uh, and, and this, this guy's a friend of mine. His name is Alfred. But I think if you were ever to uh, resurface in the podcasting world, it would maybe be for, uh, I don't know, Persona or something. That's all I ever see him talking about anyway. 
Which maybe is cool. I don't know. I've never played Persona, but hey. It's pretty They're cool. <laughs> um, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being it will actually happen one day, uh, Metroid Prime 4? Oh, it's, it'll happen. It's just, uh, does it happen on the Switch? <laughs> does it happen on the next Switch? Does it... I actually think, like, uh, not to not to hijack this and turn it to, like, the Metroid show or anything like I that. I did it. So we'll be yeah. fine with that. Um, okay, well, just, just warning you now, because once that door is open, I mean... Uh, no, no, but I, I think, like, um, Metroid Prime Remastered coming out actually, like, significantly ups the... This, I don't know, the percentage, I guess, of Metroid Prime 4 coming out, maybe like maybe even this year, or like maybe within the next, I don't know, 12 months. Because, I mean, like, if you kind of look at it, like, Metroid Prime Remastered probably looks like how Prime 4 is going to look, probably plays how Prime 4 is going to play, probably similar. I would imagine that they're going to be, like, Metroid Prime 4 is going to be, like, a more back-to-basics version of Metroid Prime. Go back Prime. to the roots. Yeah. Mm. I think so, yeah. So, if you would have asked me, like, three months ago, like is Metroid Prime 4 coming out on the Switch? I'd have been like, no, no way. Now, you know, I, <laughs> I think I could have time for that. If if someone was like, it's coming... I have a lot of people in our Omega Metroid community that think it's coming out in November, which may seem ridiculous, but like with Metroid Prime 4 Remastered, I'm like, uh, you know, I could listen to that argument. I, I could. We don't have... Yeah, Nintendo doesn't have a lot of this winter set in stone, so... No, I and could, I don't think they have anything I could see a surprise. Yeah, so we we can easily tangent off of that in terms of how Zelda has been hand or how Nintendo has been handling uh, advertising Tears of the Kingdom, and we have seen this over the last four years or so, where Nintendo has pulled back heavily on how they talk about their their game releases. Uh, yes. To the point that we don't even know about a lot of the games. We'll hear rumors that a team is working on a thing, and then we'll suddenly see in a direct where they'll be like, yep, there's this thing here. It's coming out in six months and it's, and then it still hits. Like yeah. there's, there's only been a few that haven't still hit that date when they've been like, Oh, it's coming out soon. I mean, advanced wars, I think is one of them that, you know, it was supposed to come out real soon. And then some extenuating you know, circumstances with that yes. one. Yeah. And the, the reality the, got in the way. Yeah. The odyssey team working on a donkey Kong game, thankfully didn't come to fruition. Not yet. Oh, I would be so down for that. That would be awesome. Uh, no, no, I want I want no. 3D DK back. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, obviously, this has been uh, the the marketing strategy has been a, a a big topic on the Zelda cast for the last oh god, like definitely the last two years intensely. But I, I would be curious to hear your guys's um, thoughts on that before I kind of start ranting and raving and, and throw my two cents there. Like, I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about their, what Nintendo has shown or not shown or anything leading up to Tears of the Kingdom? The, I think that last trailer completely broke the mold. Like, I was not expecting to get that much info. And, and you know, it might even be just scratching the surface of that game, but it seemed like... It seemed like a a very out of character for them, like reveal of the cards. Like there was a lot going on and I was surprised by that. Okay. I think, I, I think uh, looking at their, the way that they've been talking about it outside of trailer releases, which is just non-existent. It's been a joke on Zelda Twitter 
recently how the Nintendo um, Twitter accounts have just been sharing screenshots of that trailer every day. And that's all they've been sharing. (laughs) And that they're just like, how excited are you? And that's all it is. I'm guessing this is sort of a push and pull that most Nintendo teams don't have the ability to do where marketing will say, well, we need to be doing this stuff. We need to be doing this. And then they're just like, no, we're not giving you anything else. We're not spending time making another trailer. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this stuff here. We are working on the game. And also, we don't want people to know about this game beforehand. We just don't. We want to put it out there and we want everyone to have their own unique uh like experience in terms of discovery um you know there was a lot of stuff in even when even when they did breath of the wild where they put out the great plateau that got so much coverage everywhere that Mm. i feel like we knew what the game was at that point like we we actually knew now the scope of all of it not so much but we had an idea of exactly the type of game that it was and Mm. i think they want to avoid that this time they want to be like we are doing so many other things and we don't want anybody to know what to expect yeah you know i i think that's fair like i i think uh i think like when when breath of the wild came out and like you had that uh that treehouse gameplay on the on the great plateau which was which was awesome um mm. that kind of that kind of showed what that game was about I, like i i keep on saying um i don't know if you guys will agree with this or not but like I keep on saying, like, I, I don't know, like, what the gimmick of, of Tears of the Kingdom is. And, and like, what I, what I kind of mean by that is, like, you take a look at some some past Zelda games. It's like, okay, the gimmick of the Wind Waker is you're on a boat and there's lots of water. The gimmick of Twilight mm-hmm. Princess is you can turn into a wolf. The gimmick of, of, of A Link to Worlds, you merge into walls. And, like, the gimmick of Breath of the Wild is, like, it's not really a gimmick, but a, a new way to play. Like, a new open world, a new everything. And I uh, I kind of, like... I've been pretty underwhelmed actually with this, with this whole build up to, to tears of the kingdom and, 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 and like, don't, make no mistake. Like I'm really excited for it and I'm going to play the heck out of it. And like, I'm going to have a, a great time. I'm sure I'm going to love it. But at the same time, I've been like pretty, pretty disappointed in the way that Nintendo has presented this game so far for, for a variety of reasons. But I, I but I think like the, the big reason is like, and this, maybe this isn't going to make sense, but I'll say it anyways. It's like, this game to me still feels more like Breath of the Wild two than it does like Tears of the Kingdom, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This this is more Breath of the Wild. It looks great. Like what we've seen looks cool and maybe the gimmick is Link's arm or whatever is going on there, but like uh yeah, I, I just I'm kinda kinda like I feel like there's a lot of questions that, that should probably be answered to to tell like old grumpy men like me, like what what about this game makes it Tears of the Kingdom the next mainline entry into the Zelda series and not just Breath of the Wild 2 or the sequel to Breath of the Wild or more Breath of the Wild? Because that's kind of what it looks like to me right I'm, now. I'm I I think it's uh it's the third in a trilogy, and that trilogy is Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, and this game. Um Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, so I, I don't. I mean, like it's definitely. I know we were all excited for like maybe a quick turnaround from Breath of the Wild, like just use the same map and do something else with yep. it. And yes. I think that's still there. But then there's four years of overworld and underworld built into the game somewhere, and like that's just reading between the lines. And maybe it's not. Um, 
But like, yeah, they're like, yeah, Breath of the Wild's still here. Um, but then there's two other giant areas or something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I hope you're right. I just, I think for me, what what I've seen so far, which a uh, granite isn't a lot, right? Like we've we've seen like a collected, like, it's got to be less than ten minutes since E3 2019 of this of this game. But I, I think that like <laughs> maybe yeah maybe mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a new forty second trailer each time the game got delayed or whatever. Like yeah, I I don't we know. I, I think like here's a Skyward what I've Sword seen trailer. From the, oh, and, and I love Skyward Sword by the way. That's one of my favorite games. Like just not oh. even Zelda games. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, I don't I don't I don't care who says that that game here's, is bad. Here's my toe going across the sand here. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I I love. Skyward Sword and I love the story and if this if this game has like a wicked story like like Skyward Sword did I'd be probably okay with it however I, I just I don't think I've been sold yet on like all that we've seen in the sky so far it just it looks it looks neat but it doesn't look substantial enough to me maybe I'm wrong I probably am wrong but you know uh and and clearly they're holding a lot of cards close to the vest but I just I think that like the they should have maybe just put out there a little bit more information. Like I, I appreciate a lot of people want to go in blind and stuff like that. But me personally, I'm kind of thinking like, are like shrines coming back? Does anybody know? Are, are like, right. how are we getting hearts? Is like, may, is there like maybe a dungeon or two in here? Like I'd, I'd love to exactly. know. Um, I mean, this, I, I what know. we've seen of the sky, it's not too extensive. Yeah. It could be, you know, that could be just a dungeon or a couple of dungeons that they've, that they've spent. Yeah. sprinkled throughout these trailers but yeah it could just be an entirely new area uh th- there there definitely looks like some kind of shrine type thing on the ground which could either be just points yeah. to go up in the air or a, a puzzle that lets you once you beat it go up into the air but uh, yeah uh, i I, agree. I think it's the like, hearts i hadn't even I, thought i think i would like hearts. to know just like a little bit or like you know or like are we doing Koroks again? Like, cause I, I don't want to do Koroks again. I already did that once. And like, <laughs> no, you know, no. but that, I, that's kind of the thing is like, I, I, maybe I'm asking a little bit too much. And like, if, if you're, if, if more people are okay, going in a little bit more blind, like that's great. I think for me and, and like us, you know, being in a position where we talk about Zelda and like a lot, right. It's just kind of like, I think we just naturally want to know a little bit more beforehand. Yeah. So, I kind of well, I kind of acknowledge that as well. Like maybe maybe the average Zelda fan doesn't doesn't care as much as I do. Right. We have to plan out a ser- a season of covering this game <laughs> head yeah. to toe and we don't know what this game is. We have like I've thrown out a couple ideas here and there of being like, well, what if we limit ourselves to this stuff every couple of weeks and we just have a few episodes focused on these things here and see how it works? But then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm still assuming that the map is going to be laid out the same way. And like there's just things where we were like talking through this and like uh, Brian had this sort of break in his mind where he was just like, oh, I'm not going to necessarily be able to just go on my own free adventure and just go in a single direction. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, you're going to have to like wait 
for us a little bit here and there just so that we can record and talk That's about this stuff like because we can only do this you know every week or so yeah uh and it, it's that's going to be challenging for us. And yes, getting that information ahead of time would be nice because we were able to sort of get an idea. I mean, it started off in the in the first season for Chat of the Wild, which was for Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it we were able to say Great Plateau, right? We were able to say mm-hmm. this episode we are talking about the Great Plateau. And then when we got done recording, we were like, we're all going to move in the same direction. <laughs> Like, I think we were, we were just like, we're all going to head north, right? And that's what we did. And then eventually someone, like, messaged us. We were like, oh, well, I'm getting pulled in this direction. The game is, like, talking to me about going here. And I was like, okay, we're going to go there then. So that's where we're going to be going. And But who knows? They may even do less than that in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, lo- looking at the response for a lot of things where people really liked the go in your own direction and even talking about those floating, uh, like, islands that we've seen of all shapes and sizes there's probably not going to be anything that keeps us at a certain point from just going to any of them i'm sure there's going to be a matter of difficulty possibly like some Mm. kind of thing that we know or have whether it be some power in our arm or something like that but the idea that we could just go there anytime i mean that's exciting but also yeah, yeah but also terrifying as someone who makes content uh, <laughs> trying to work together with a group of people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I totally appreciate that. Like, I think the beauty of Breath of the Wild, and I think it's going to be replicated in Tears of the Kingdom, is that ability to just kind of, like, make your own path, make your own journey and story, and et cetera, et cetera. I, like, and I I, I would incur, like, when we, uh, you know, when, we, when we've covered other games on the Zelda cast or whatever, it's kind of like, all right, like, play the game, maybe we'll just talk about some first impressions, maybe we'll talk about some other areas, and then, like, after the dust settles a little bit, maybe after two weeks or so, then we'll start talking like, okay, like what's our favorite side quest? What's our favorite shrine? What's our, so like it is, but it would be nice Mm -hmm. to know um, some information, but like, I, like, I even think like just addressing some, uh, not, not, I guess complaints, but like just if Nintendo was just like, okay, like, you know, we, we did hear feedback and like, uh, luckily now when you play tears of the kingdom, you can, have weapons that don't break or you can have just like Mm. some of those like little things like that might they don't really alter the game in like a significant way but it's like here's like some just basic information about this video game like not not the story but just like how this video game functions and plays that players might need to know like there's no more shrines hidden around the with the world or like there's no more breakable weapons or like maybe we are going to bring back a dungeon or two or like i I don't know like what Mm -hmm. uh, just just some like basic information that that you know might again make it kind of stand on its own versus seeming a little bit more just like breath of the wild dude when i see like tears of the kingdom i i actually kind of see like super mario galaxy 2 in in my in my brain and and i'm just like i love super mario galaxy 2 it was fun it was great but it's it's not odyssey like there wasn't a big jump from one to the other right so like and, and maybe, you know, maybe being a Mario Galaxy 2 is okay, and it's fine, and it's going to be great. But then I, I also I also kind of think, like, as you mentioned, the amount of time that you've had to wait for this game does, fairly or unfairly, raise your expectations. I, I think yeah. a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, I was... maybe if this game was Super Mario Galaxy 2 and came out in 2020, it's a lot more digestible. Right, that's, right. that's the thing. This is... the. If this came out four years ago, yeah. yes. 
But at this point, I what I'll, I'll just say it real quick and let Brian talk. What I think we'll end up seeing is sort of the introduction of the things from the previous game, where it'll be like, yes, we still have breakable weapons. It still works that way, but. Now you can fully craft your own weapons with all of these things, and you can take the parts from all the mm-hmm. things you collected and build all this own stuff. And that's what the game is now, is it's now crafting your own adventure. And yeah. that's where you the, the introduction is, you know, just to recap, all of the things that we had in Breath of the Wild 1 yeah. were this, but now we have blown out every single thing that you did in that game. Which, which yeah, crafting except- weapons is going to be cool. Yes. That would be that would be great because I was thinking about this the other day when because I've been thinking about Elden Ring a lot lately and it's it, it would in order for them to not have breakable weapons for me there would need to be a bunch of special weapons in the world or a bunch of specific mm. things that you could you could find because in in Breath of the Wild if if the weapons didn't break why would I ever pick up you know ninety percent of them. Like yeah. there's no reason for yeah. that other than to like maybe pick it up and throw it. Um, so yeah, there would have to be like some sort of like act. They would have to spend a lot of time really thinking about the kinds of weapons they leave in the world for you or yeah. Yeah. Just, just spin it all out into this insane uh, crafting system. I agree. And and for the record, I actually, I don't mind breakable weapons at all. Like I, I think they're mm. fine. I, I really agree with what you just said, actually. Like, why would you ever pick up new weapons if you have this awesome sword that you get there's, in the first hour of the there's game? There's no right? reason. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I think spend the, like two hours just killing one guy because you know you're just going to use that sword for the rest of the game. Exactly. I think, I think a balance would be something like you could have an unbreakable weapon, but it's weaker than, you know, a quarter of the weapons. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, there's something where you like you can find... something, sure. Well, even... No, I don't think that. I think like that's the trade-off. Like... Yes, it's unbreakable, but it's not going to be nearly as strong as this other stuff. Like similar to what they did with the Master Sword, where the Master Sword would just regenerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this in this instance, like of what I'm this hypothetical that if people want that, they can say, "Fine, we threw in some unbreakable weapons, but they're nothing special." But the whole thing that their perk is that they don't break. Mm. Yeah, like, and I I think that'd be great. And yeah, I mean, like I said, like it's I just think like re- like showing people what you're doing to address uh, something that a lot of people took umbrage with in the previous game with this Mm -hmm. new game, even though like, I think all three of us are kind of on the same boat. That sounds like none of us really mind breakable weapons. Like I think they're fine. Breakable weapons. uh, I'm not even like here for the dungeons. Like I, I kind of liked what they did in breath of the wild. I, I would like them to maybe expand upon it, but a dungeon, like each dungeon, the ones that are like big set pieces that you can control the dungeon itself. That I mean, that's my jam. Give me more of that. So, but like, I, I, I kind of think that there's going to be like some more Hyrule castles around. I think there's going to be like four uh, or five like Hyrule castles around this world. Maybe I'm wrong. You mean but... the best thing in the in Breath of the Wild, the, the castle? Yeah. yeah, I'll take more of those. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of what I expect. But like, just letting some people know, like, hey, this stuff mm-hmm. that like maybe a lot of people didn't exactly love in breath of the wild like the weapons or the dungeon or whatever right like it's it's going to be we're going in a different direction with this game so it's going to be what you love but it's also going to be changing the stuff that or tweaking the stuff that maybe you didn't love i I don't know i just think that like you know we're we're like a month and a half away from from this game coming or maybe two months but like it's coming soon just under two yeah and like i feel like i still 
like I, I don't i feel like i don't really know what the gimmick of this game is maybe it's link's arm but like is is that it i feel like i mean nuts and bolts yeah, i don't know i, I feel like um, it just kind of looks the same to me and like yeah you're i think you're I think clearly you're going to be able to craft some weapons uh, and some objects and like the like Link was riding the John Deere tractor, which I loved in the last trailer. <laughs> but I also think I think that the trailer that we just saw should have probably been shown in like 2001 at E3, right? Like, just to, to, <laughs> like I think it should have been it shown like that. two years That's ago. That's not what the game was though or, at the time. Or... Maybe, like, maybe it wasn't, like... but like <laughs> when that trailer at E3 came out, first of all, Metroid Dread was announced, so I was just like, "Oh my god!" And like, I, I, I knew Zelda was coming, but by the time it came, I didn't care. Um, yeah, I was, because because the trailer, I was like, "How do I put this?" It was like a little. You remember that trailer? It was the first time you saw the sky. First time you saw like the the main theme of Tears him, of the Kingdom. It opened on him falling. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like it was a nice little little appetizer, but like man, by by twenty twenty one, I was like ready to eat, and I didn't want an appetizer. <laughs> I wanted like a like a good trailer, and uh, and I feel like we finally did get a good trailer just just recently. But it's like it's now like, now I'm really hungry, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, it would it'd be nice. Nintendo, I don't believe announces when their games are gold, and I think it would be nice to know that. Like you, we we would hope that they would be like by now. The game's gold, but we don't know. They could still be working on some things that, like, yeah, okay, yes, like, cartridges have to be in production soon, like, right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we gotta but start pressing. We're, they're going to be doing that soon, but there is a question of, yeah, when they put out that original trailer, maybe the whole driving around vehicles wasn't polished. Maybe it wasn't, like, we don't actually have this working yet. It's on the board. We saw the glider. Scrapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. did we see that? Did we see the little Yeah, truck? right at the very end, we saw it like he landed on a glider, and we're just like, what is that? Is that just flying around at all times? Like, what, what could but there, that possibly yeah, there be? Wasn't, yeah, but there wasn't necessarily any, like, control. Uh, what we saw... It looked recently, like a flying platform. Him, yeah. It was just a platform that just yeah. moved. It was just right? kind of sleek and maybe a little too too pristine to 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 be viewed as something that you built, so... And yeah, there's no stand. Yeah. There's no link standing at the front of it, like steering. I agree with that, I, I, and I think what you're saying is, is is valid. Where like maybe this mechanic wasn't ready to be shown yet, but I, I this think, team has been in crunch know. mode for a very, very, very long time. So um, who yeah, knows what's I, I gotten think, changed? I think it would have behooved them to show something that separated it a little bit more from Breath of the Wild, and maybe the Sky Islands like did that for some people. Just, just for me, I was just kind of like. Yeah. Okay. This looks this looks like Breath of the Wild again, in in kind of like the sky. And and I I I don't mean to sound like I'm I'm being negative on this on this game. Like I said, I'm gonna we just love want it, more. Play it. Yeah. More insatiable. Just like, it's like okay, it's 2023. This was announced four years ago. Breath of the Wild came out six years ago. Like, let's go. You know, come on. But I've I've said before, I believe this will be the last of this type of Zelda that whatever mm. the next Zelda game is is going to be a completely different kind of thing like possibly fully reinventing itself like it's going to be nothing like we've seen before of the mm. series so I w- you know, I w- we're still we're still looking another 6 years from now or so right like we're looking at maybe 2030 when we'll be getting that <sighs> kind of game on our hands but 
I wonder if they do the same thing they did with Breath of the Wild, where they looked at an old Zelda game and were like, let's make something in the spirit of this. And and then I would wonder what they would pick. (laughs) But but they that's I don't that's why I think they wouldn't do that. I think they did it. And then Mm -hmm. now it's going to be like, well, also, we're probably going to be handing off Zelda to someone else at this point. Right. Mm. It would be like, well. We're going to find these. We're going to give it to someone else that's been working on this and they're going to be doing their own thing with it. And we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, that's a that's a long way from now. Long way from now. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, I think I would he, start he, thinking he, about like, which uh, remaster or new smaller scale Zelda game we'd be getting next before I'd start thinking about the next huge game. Right. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Let's just call it Breath of the Wild three. If that happens, it's like <laughs> forever away. Like it's like you're gonna see like both Oracle games get remade in that time. You're gonna see Hopefully. Wind Waker and Twilight Princess land on whatever the next platform switches. You know, Switch two. You're gonna see probably like a new 2D Zelda game or like top down Zelda game. Let me correct myself. Like hopefully I, new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> like and and but I I think I think you're right. Like it's it's gonna be. Like, I have no doubt that they're going to keep on, like, pumping out Zelda games. Because, I mean, we've been doing roughly about a, a year, a game a year for the last almost 10 years. Except for 2022, which really sucked. Um, but, like, I, I think they'll probably keep that schedule, like, going forward. And, like, yeah, it's probably a lot of remakes, probably a lot of ports, probably a lot of whatever. But I, I'm okay with that. Um, and then, like, the next big Zelda game, I'm, I'm sure, is is quite far off. I, I You know, I don't know if they're going to move away from the Breath of the Wild style of open world game. I think it might make sense just in terms of like getting some of these games out like in a timely fashion, but like it's, they're it's not hard. concerned about that. They're not concerned about that. Nintendo yeah. is concerned about that. The teams developing these games are not. Well, and they that's kind of why I don't think they're going to move away from that. Cause like, it, it's hard to, you know, money talks, right? Like, like Breath of the Wild has sold like 30 million copies, which is almost, four times what the next best-selling game yeah. has done. Actually, I think it's over four times. So, like, it's, you know, it clearly people love that that style of game. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'll I'm i be interested to see how well Tears of the Kingdom sells. I, I'm sure it won't do anywhere near what Breath of the Wild has done. But I think even if it's, like, if we're talking, like, a 15 million copy, like, sale run, I think they, they're just like, okay, let's keep making these open-world games and, like, let's, you know, they're going to come out when they come out. They, you know, they said as much six years ago, but who knows if they're still feeling yeah. that way, that well, this yeah. is this this is the path going forward. But uh, it's funny you bring up about the comparison in terms of sales that uh, we did just see uh, as we're recording this middle of March that the pre-orders for Tears of the Kingdom have now surpassed the pre-orders of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so, that's like, true. There's that, but more people have switches now. So it's like you're kind of mm-hmm. working against that, too. There's more switches out there for people, so you know people. You have the hype building off of there. We'll see what the the long long tail is on that. But I don't know. I I I look at the way that a lot of these Zelda games have been done, and in the past they've always been trying to recreate previous games. Right? That's always been the thing. Not like let's remake this game, but like 
bring back that that feeling that we got the first time, right? That's similar to what Breath of the Wild did, but a game like Twilight Princess was really just trying to do what Ocarina did because yeah. they were like looking at, and a lot of it had to do with just the general sales and the the vocal the backlash that they got from the feedback that they got from Wind Waker, which is and, which is one reason I'm I'm has or scared that any kind of course correction from the biggest complaints about breath of the wild mm. would adversely <laughs> sure. affect yes. tears of the kingdom yeah. so like i'm always has maybe they've gotten better at it but i've seen them do that before and it not work out well so um i, yeah. I think twilight princess is the biggest example like that i can think of in nintendo's history where they like took fan reaction and backlash and like took that and made a new game with it and i like i think it was for the worse actually like i uh, it personally i want that I wind waker that, like, too those, man yeah like I, I think that they wanted to make this like gritty realistic kind of style for twilight princess and no no good for me like i i that was i'm not about <laughs> that but uh i yeah i i mean i think i think we're probably pretty safe because like nintendo historically just does like whatever they're gonna do like they don't care what anybody says so if they're just like i think breakable weapons are cool they're coming back you know like yeah uh, <laughs> um why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? When we get back, we're going to talk more about Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we are back. Uh, we, we were talking more about, you know, what what do we think they are going to do if they if they learned lessons or anything like that? You you mentioned before about listening to feedback and all of that. And from what I've gathered, reading the creating a champion book and like seeing these interviews and all that stuff over the years about it they tend to try to close themselves off. Like, I don't think any of the people like making big decisions in the, in Zelda have a social media. And so I don't think, (laughs) I don't think they actually hear a lot of this stuff, which is, is a great thing, I think. So there, there, there is that. I do wonder, did they play Elden Ring? Right. What, what games have they played since then? What, what other, what other things have they been exposed to? since then right can can i throw you guys a a spicy meatball here Um, go for it so a couple maybe about a month ago now maybe maybe six weeks we we did a show on the zelda cast where me and my co-host allison uh we played elden ring and i i played 30 hours of elden ring and and i threw out a meatball that that everybody hated this everybody was commenting just like dude you suck but i was like i i actually don't think that there is like a single thing that they should take from Elden Ring. And, like, I, I don't think there's anything in that game that Breath of the Wild doesn't do better. And and I could I could see you guys wanted to kick me off the show right now, but I just... No, the Soul no, no, no. games, not for me. Not for me. Does it... I would say there isn't any... There isn't really anything that Elden Ring does that Tears of the Kingdom and other games didn't already do. Like, there's very few things in Elden Ring that are, like, wholly original, Right. Like yeah. it is more of just they they made they took 
the video game idea and like made an amazing video game but they also made it just like you know for me and personally they still just made it way too hard and like that's the reason I bounced <laughs> yeah and like and I'll, I'll be i'll be totally honest like i i didn't get that far into elden ring i just and i played 30 hours mm-hmm. so like that shows you yeah like i'm, that's a I'm lot. i am no good and i played i played bloodborne before and i like all i hear is like what a amazing game it is and there there are certain aspects of it that are really great mm-hmm. but like there's the, like the core like the core fundamentals of that game were super frustrating and elden ring actually corrected a lot of that but uh, you know, I just, I never got good. So I, I never really progressed <laughs> far enough to see what it says. So, I'm, I see never what it, have what it does. Or at least I've never gotten good. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's, it's actually probably unfair. I was maybe a bit uh, sensationalist I, to say that there's nothing Breath of the, or Tears of the Kingdom declared from Elden Ring. Because, like, I think Elden Ring has, like, really cool enemy variety. It has, like, really cool, like, yes. like horseback riding features. I think it has, like, cool. It has, it does have a lot of really cool stuff going for it. But I, I think... Mm-hmm. For me, like actually, it was like the Souls gameplay that was holding Elden Ring back from being like a, a ten out of ten game. But again, I just I just suck at those games. So like, what do, you know? What do I know? See, I think the thing you can say about both of them is that they they were able to take their specific game, like their style, the way that their games play, and move them into a completely yeah. open world environment. Um, and and that's kind of like the the most similar like that's that's the way that I see them as similar especially with you know, they give you a horse in Elden Ring um I would not have made it yeah. as far into that game as I did without that horse and that really brought this like this level of amazement and wonder and just wanting to go find stuff and I'm like I feel like yeah. I'm in Breath of the Wild again like I I'm just excited to explore more of this world and so I I just they're similar in that way I think to me plus they've said flat out when when breath of the wild was released and people were like oh this is kind of breath of the wild meets dark souls i guess you played dark souls and and the dark souls team being like no we we played their game played too Zelda. so yeah. um yeah hey no, i i, so, I totally agree so with you what know you're saying. that it's yeah it's, it's like a, both of them are like really good at like bringing what they do well and bringing them into an open world setting, I like I I I actually think that like Elden Ring is a great game. It just wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. So which is fine, well, you know. Which is not everything has to be, but I I do hope that like we actually we actually talked about uh, Horizon Zero Dawn as well as kind of like another example of um, a game that maybe maybe they should be looking at for some kind of inspiration. More so like. I don't know if you guys have ever played Horizon Zero Dawn or, or the sequel. I have. Yeah. Like I, I think that like the story in that game is awesome. I, I really liked it, and so I was like, it's not really that difficult to tell a, a really captivating story in like an open world setting, and I, and I think that it seems like Tears of the Kingdom has has learned that lesson, and like I feel like the story of Breath of the Wild was fine. Like I think it was like pretty good, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a Skyward Sword, like a really you know great story and like it I, I doesn't think that, go out uh, with any kind of bang it it it, it uh yeah it, it's a good setup it i feel i like the memories and stuff i felt good about it it's probably yeah. the weakest part of the game but it's i'm still okay with it 
I like. I really like the idea of doing that. Me- which, by the way, is Tears of the Kingdom bringing memories back? I'd like to know that too. But I like, would I, like, I, I like the idea yes. of finding memories. Like, I think that's cool. But like, maybe have it. But whose memories like, this time? Yeah, like it, it's just like it's kind of a nice collection of moments versus like a, a gripping narrative. And I, I think that like if if anyone at Nintendo ever played Horizon Zero Dawn, they could be like, wow, this is how you make like a really cool like open world game that has a really cool story and i'm sure there's like countless other examples out there but that was just you know the one off the top of my head mm-hmm. something that the last time we we did an episode just immediately after the last trailer and it's something that we haven't really talked about much since then even you know recording not recording mm-hmm. and that's the possibility of two different characters that we're playing as right yeah uh, there is still yeah. that because there there is clearly like it could just be an outfit, but it also could be just sort of a different character, a different time mm-hmm. that we're playing. It could be in. two timelines converging. Wow! You know what? I have a lot of time for that theory. I, I do. I I think that that's like I I have time for it. I think it makes and that would be something that separates Tears of the Kingdom from Breath of the Wild. If you're if you're going back ten thousand years and playing as like Wild Man Link and he's got his his wicked mullet and like he's he's got no shirt on that's oh, yeah. great like I, I love that or like and maybe you can flip-flop between the the, the past link and the current link like that that's kind of what i'm talking about and like maybe they want to maybe they want to save that for a reveal and it'll probably be a powerful reveal but it's just it's a little bit agonizing in the lead-up for it just kind of being like maybe are we gonna do this maybe not and then i think if it doesn't happen it's just kind of like ah that's a little bit too bad but if it does, <laughs> yeah, you know, hell yeah. I'm going to throw out another prediction. I do. I've been doing these multiple times as we talk about this. Um, I am going to predict that there is going to be some place that we can go to to switch between the two of them. Right? There's going to yeah. be some okay. source that will we can go to that place to play as that character. That their 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 move set is well, like not move set. Well, yeah, sorry. Move set will be different, right? Where one of one of the links will have the magic arm. Maybe the the old link will not have that, but he'll have but some he other runs things instead. that he can access. Yes, he does. He does the back. He does the speed running backflips the whole time. Yeah, yeah um, there you go. <laughs> um, I I actually don't think that's too. like off the table either. Like uh, that, and that's kind of the the blessing and the curse of this Tears of the Kingdom game is like you know so little about it that like a lot of stuff could be on the table still, but like. You know, you you've seen in the latest trailer, there's all those like green swirly things that are that are mm-hmm. over Hyrule everywhere, right? Like, is that a new sh- is that like the new shrine of this game, or, or is it the telephone like, booth to change into Barbarian Link? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, do, do yeah. you go into that and maybe you're in like a, a quote unquote shrine playing as like Link with the flow, doing like a little something in the past or whatever, and they're they're bite sized or like is it extensive gameplay section? I don't know. Um, but like, there is a lot of exciting possibilities on the table, but again, I just, I'm kind of like, all right, like we're like, we're two months out. Like maybe we should be like, it would kind of, it would kind of be like if they kept it a secret in Twilight Princess that you eventually changed into a wolf. It's like, like, let's just tell me, you know, like, just, just tell me because I think that's a cool selling point of the game and makes it more Mm -hmm. than Ocarina of Time too, just with worse graphics so i mean like i I think uh something else that happened with just during the switch like even the even the reveal of the switch happened way later than we thought um a lot of the the way they 
they introduce games sometimes happens way later than we thought. Like, I think a lot of their promotional timeline has has changed during this mm. system's lifetime. And I, and, I, and I wonder if it's just because they were, you know, since we'd had all the directs and they were just thinking about how do we promote our stuff it's clearly these things are changing but yeah it's just noticeable with the switch itself kind of i remember being like we should know more by now <laughs> we don't have much time left and i found myself saying that a lot over the last six years yeah um like going yeah going back to the switch like i want to say they announced that in october and like it was like four months mm -hmm. later like the switch was actually like out um, yeah and like what a, I actually decide like a sidebar, but I, I've kind of, I've kind of talked about like Breath of the Wild being like, maybe like the most important Nintendo game that they ever did. Cause like so much was riding mm. on Breath of the Wild and the Switch to like kind of pull them out from the, the dark ages of the Wii U. Um, so like, yeah, I, I like, I wish, I wish that we knew a little bit more about Tears of the Kingdom. I, I do feel like maybe, I think Nintendo like, like clearly now, like they, they probably realize they announced the game too early and, and, you know, COVID happened, which is nothing anybody could have predicted and it assuredly slowed down like the game's development, everything like that. But, uh, it does seem, it does seem like they kind of went back into like cautious mode where they were like, all right, like the game is now a ways off and we don't want to reveal too much. And it seems like they never kind of got out of that, even though we're like two mm. months away from it coming out, which is, you know. Like, who knows? Yeah, they're just like anything could happen, man. Don't say anything. <laughs> this is this is going to be a time that we all forget, right? The game will come out. We're gonna love it. We're gonna spend we're gonna spend months dissecting everything about it. People sharing all these things, these discoveries. It's gonna set the world we're on take fire. Selfies with Jeffy. We're gonna yeah, hashtag right. selfie with Jeffy. We're yeah. just we're gonna forget about this gap between, and I think they just know that where they're like, people are the people are hungry for it. We know, we know. We're not actually concerned with that. You just believe us that it's going to actually be exactly what you want when it's done. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think if I can throw something out there, I think that the legacy it. of this game is going to be very similar to the legacy of Skyward Sword in that Skyward Sword was kind of like, I see you cringing, but oh. Skyward Sword was kind of like the perfection of that style of Zelda game. And mm -hmm. by that time, it's like some people were ready for a change. Some people liked the traditional, but it, for that reason, it was a little bit polarizing. Um, and I think like by that, by that time, like, Skyward Sword is a very focused, direct game that you don't yes. really have a lot of other areas to go and venture off to, which which for me is is fine. But I think for a lot of people, they were just like, okay, I'm, I want something new. And I know it's only like the second game in the style like this, but I, I think it's going to kind of be something similar to that, where it's like, I, we've, I've done this, the story's great, like it's it's a perfection of the open world format, but like I, I don't... I don't know if I want this again in a, in another Zelda game. That that's yeah my theory, and we'll we'll see we'll see. And in my world, being like compared to Skyward Sword is is a compliment, but uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I just know. I've got to ask. I just need to know. I need to be able to gauge when's the last time you played through it, beginning to end. Uh, last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, us too. We on just the, got done. We just got done. Yeah, because yeah. we that was our last Zelda game was Skyward Sword. So I, I probably play, 
Oh, man. I play, like, a good, I don't know, at least eight Zelda games a year, like, uh, <laughs> like start to finish. Um, but okay. but I, I wouldn't say that I play a lot of them, like, and do everything. Like, we have a we have a yearly marathon for Zelda Dungeon. So, like, you know, I'll, I'll be signed up for, uh, I don't know, let's say six games or something like that. And so, like, yeah. you know, like like this year alone, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm playing Oracle of Seasons. I'm playing the Minish Cap. I'm playing, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time, whatever, right? Like, like all these games. Actually, I'm playing Skyward Sword this year. Um, but it's thankfully it's not start to finish. We're swapping out partners, but but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I, so I, I I play like I, I feel like I I play a lot of of Zelda, maybe too much Zelda. Um, it's like my nah. I don't think it's possible. yeah. I, I, maybe that's not a thing, but like so I I feel like I mean some more than others, but like usually usually the games are like somewhat fresh on my mind, except for Spirit Tracks. I haven't played that game in like ten years, and I don't want to play that game. Really yeah, it's good. You're good. Yeah, you. We can live in a world like I. Okay, quick, quick little sidebar about the, about the DS Zeldas. I would love for them to remake those games, get rid of yes. all the DS features, the gimmicks, and right? Just, maybe drawing, maybe drawing on the screen. We can keep that. I want to keep would the be maps. Fine. Well, you're gonna have to keep the drawing on the screen because most of the puzzles are based on you drawing yes. the yeah. answer yes. on the screen. Can but I, can there I throw is a sidebar at you even more of a sidebar? Let's sidebar this sidebar. Okay. Eventually, we'll make our way back around. Because we'll I, I want to talk about the best Zelda DS game, and that is Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Yeah, I'm, boy! I'm being 100% legitimate. Like I, I think that game is fantastic. And the, what that game does, that, man, I wish Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks did this. It's It's so simple. The only real change, because there's a lot of like touchscreen gimmickry and Tingle's Rosy Root Lamp, but you can move with with the, with the, joy, <laughs> the yeah the joystick. Dude, right. If you could just move with the joystick in like like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Track, that would be huge. Like, cause I yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I, I kind of got big clonkers on my hands here. So I'm and I'm like <laughs> I'm playing on my new 3DS, which is like the big yeah. monster, right? Yeah. So I, I'd like. You're playing and like I don't play with it set on the table or anything, so I'm holding it. But you kind of got to hold it at like an angle because you're only mm-hmm. holding it with one hand. So mm-hmm. it's like mm. you're kind of doing you're doing this. Your head's at like a 45 <laughs> degree angle. You've got your you've got your stylus gimmick, and you're just like, why aren't you rolling? Like, so there there actually is like a lot of good parts about those games, yeah. but it's like right. Yeah, I I think so, I think even Spirit Tracks gets a little bit better than Phantom Hourglass does, but then that has so much microphone usage just with the oh, instrument alone yeah. yeah that like it just negates every little quality of life that spirit tracks gives you over phantom hourglass with there's uh, just like so many gimmicks to that game like you got to shut your ds and open it and it's just like i just want to play zelda man like come on right with uh talking about tingles rosie ruby land i won't spend too much time on it brian, brian has not played it uh we mm. will get to it at some point i love that game um, I love, I'm I'm the Tingle fan in our group, but have you Hell played yeah. for the Have you played uh, for the Frog the Bell Tolls? Ooh, uh, no, no. Okay, yes. uh, you should play that because it takes the like sort of action mechanics that are similar to Tingle, okay, but then does it like um, Link's Awakening or uh, yeah, Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's oh, Awakening. What's that game called? For the Frog the Bell Tolls. It never Wakari, got English release, but there is no, there is a no. fan. Yeah, <laughs> there is a uh, fan translation. That's very good, uh, and it's a lot it's, of fun. It's like it was uh, the, 
It's like all the Nintendo teams that weren't R&D one and didn't make the Game Boy. It was like them kind of going, okay, how do we make a game on this little thing that that Yokoi and his pals made? And so it's like a collaboration between multiple Nintendo teams to to just figure out how to make a Game Boy game for the first time. Okay, well, and I, then- I have to play it now. Yeah, well, that development also then led to Link's Awakening. Like it was, yeah. it, they sort of made built the engine for for uh, what what they would use for Link's Awakening in the future. Nice, yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of went on like this like really weird tingle journey a couple years ago where I was like, you know, I, I'm involved in like a Zelda website and you know, I'm I'm doing a Zelda podcast. I was like, I should play all the Zelda games, and so I was like, I bought Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land off someone, and, and we actually met up at like midnight in like a parking lot to to buy like the game and i gave him the you know my money or whatever it is it's a weird transaction and then uh <laughs> um, i got i bought a copy of uh balloon trip of love off etsy and it was like a, a fan oh, translated card mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was great and i i have the balloon fight game kicking around here somewhere and from there i was mm. like well okay i gotta play Love like the cdi fight. games now and whatever so we got those and yeah, it's it was a it was a weird it was a weird journey, and I don't I'm know still that I'm the better for, for us it, to cover those. I do love Rosie Rupeyland. Just I'm just still sharing my to cover little those, uh, uh, CDI games. <laughs> my little fan commission I had made of me as Tingle. Oh, ah, yes, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah I really love uh, Rosie Rupeyland. To be honest, it's it's like one of my favorite DS games. Actually, I don't think the <laughs> DS was like a great era for a lot of the Nintendo games that I loved. Like. The Metroid games were very no. good. The Zelda games they, weren't very good. Trying to do 3D on it was just a fool's errand in the end. Yeah, yeah. Like it really I, I think for to be a lot Ph- of Phantom Hourglass stuff. in particular, like uh, y- y- I, I kind of have a thing when I'm doing stuff. It's like you can be better than, less than, or different than. And like when you look at Phantom Hourglass, you're just like, this is just like way less than Wind Waker, right? It's just kind of like a what? scrunchy, yeah. It's like ugly... why would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, you know, I I try not to. I don't know. Every Zelda is someone's favorite. So like, if you're if you're into Phantom Hourglass, that's awesome. Or Spirit Tracks, that's true. awesome. But not for me. Not for me. We we love this series. You know, we have dedicated so much of our time over the years to Zelda, like even before we started podcasting, mm-hmm. like, you know, Brian and myself have been longtime Zelda fans and, you know, good and bad. Like Brian is a, is a huge Zelda two fan, which is, is a largely scrutinized. Hey, game, right. Yeah. There you go. Um, I game. mean, he and I, we, we, we joke back and forth about the quality of twilight princess where I'm always just like, it's not that bad guys. <laughs> I, I think whatever um, the last like, 3D it's amazing. one we played <laughs> is the one that like yes. we really dogpile on. So currently it's Skyward Sword, but I don't think we've been as mean to that one as we were to t- in the wake of Twilight Princess. It was just a little, it was just a little much. But yeah, <laughs> we we have a running gimmick or like a running joke on the show. Like that's just I, I've been calling Twilight Princess ugly for like six years, it, and I think it is. I think it's an ugly. It, you know that sadly game, oh, it, it is. is a little yes. bit. It has moments of absolute greatness, like absolute mm-hmm. like greatness that can rank up there with like the best in the series. And then you have this shenanigans like like the the opening of that game in Ordon, which is miserable. And you have like <laughs> filling up your your book with like the owl statues, which is horrible. And then you have like yeah. the the whole city in the sky, which is just miserable. So 
Like, for all, like, the amazing... Like, I think Arbiter's Grounds is, like, so awesome. Snow Peak is great. I even love the mm-hmm. Temple of Time, but, like... Oh, man. Some of the... Some of those portions of the game are, you know, they're they're not the best. But double claw shot! I, I would say that City in the Sky <laughs> ah, yeah, is all right. Cool. And, it, and it just... And it begins into this, like... Once you hit City in the Sky, and I guess for you, after you've beaten City in the Sky, like, the rest of the game is just a banger um the, you yeah know, like I, well the, with going to twilight and the zant fight and getting to the cat like i just love all of that stuff but i just that, getting fair. there i would say after zant is the banger like i think yeah, i think twilight princess has one of the best ending sequences of like it's pretty game. good like it's 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 awesome. really good um but yeah I, I i can't say that i'm a big fan of the the twilight uh temple it's kind of like yeah like that little hand that follows you i i should also clarify here too and just put a little asterisk beside my opinion uh most of the time most of my last couple of playthroughs of twilight princess have been like sitting down and playing it from start to finish in one setting for like 12 hours Ooh. with no break which like is oh it's certainly not how it's meant to be played right like no nobody should play any game that's longer than like three hours in one sitting but that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we do at like the the marathon so especially a game I, that I would looks be lying like if i said it'll hurt your eyes i actually did the the goat hurting blindfolded last year because we thought it would be funny but also because i just didn't want to look at the game anymore <laughs> <laughs> were you doing the wii u hd version yeah yeah, yeah. Even with that, it wasn't. It's it's not enough. No, in fact, I almost think it's worse, actually. And and again, I'm I'm not trying to. I love all you Twilight Princess fans out there, but like the the game, the HD version has this like amazing ability. I've never seen this before to make the game look too bright, but also mm-hmm. too dull at the same time because everything is is super bright, it's like washed and, out. But it's just like yeah, and it's just like it's like they turned up the contrast or something like that and it's like you can see the ugliness even more so <laughs> i don't know i love skyward swords everybody take that it. for what you will yeah <laughs> we all love zelda here like see, yeah. you know it's yeah. it, there it there's a breadth of zelda like to experience here that, yeah no, yes, no matter like to... you know you can you can pit them against each other but they're all still like at least an eight out of ten they're all still good games <laughs> It's, it's funny you say that, actually, because at Zelda Dungeon, we have a thing called the Zelda scale. And and the premise <laughs> is basically what you just said. It's like the worst Zelda game is still like an eight out of ten. Like it's so you kind of you kind of rank them in that like eight to Maybe ten not the DS kind ones, of area. Yes. You know, I, I would even say the DS ones. The only one I would say mm. did not fall into that scale was Triforce Heroes, because I think that game is a mess and actually kind of like a. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's not my favorite. Um, mm. But like otherwise, like every Zelda game, like I think that you know even even Spirit Tracks, like it's probably like a top ten DS game, right? Like and it, but it, it, it's one of my least favorite Zelda games. I would say the same thing about Twilight Princess. It's like it's a top ten Wii game, and it's not my favorite Zelda game. Um, mm. So like like even even Zelda Two, which I think if you play it in the original way is like a very punishing and grueling game but like even that is like very fun compared to other contemporary games of that time so like we yeah we usually rate everything in like that kind of 
you know, like I said, like the Zelda scale, like eight, eight to eight to ten out of ten kind of experience, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of don't like Triforce Heroes so much because I'm like, you, you ruined the Zelda scale. <laughs> you ruined my cool thing. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Yeah, I would. I could spend more time trying to correct you about the DS Zelda's games being the best games <laughs> on the DS, but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna let's let's go ahead and pivot back as we we close out this episode. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with Tears of the Kingdom before we wrap up? Like, if you got got any predictions, any mm. any any hopes, any fears that you wanna you wanna get out? Um, well, I I've talked about some fears. Like, place. I think that there's mm-hmm. fears for sure. I think that the fear I have is that this this game is going to be just more kind of of the same Breath of the Wild. Two, right versus tears of the kingdom and i and i think i think i was a little bit nervous as well listening to the last trailer when the, you know they had like the the ganondorf or who we assume is probably ganondorf in that game they had the evil voice kind of being like crush them all or whatever rise my minions yeah mm-hmm. and i was just kind of like okay like that sounds cool but like it also it i don't know how, how do i say this because i i think that the voice acting in and Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity was was perfectly fine and and like actually like really good at a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. But it does kind of feel like they're and this is more so the way that the game is written and structured versus like anything else. But it like it kind of to me feels like a couple people reading lines. I mean because that's exactly what it was, right? Like everybody recorded separately. It's not like you have a lot of like back and forth dialogue in those games. And I and I just kind of got like the same kind of vibe from from the Ganondorf voice, or it's just like, like, okay, read this line and make it sound really evil and really, really bad. And, and I'm, you know, that, I mean, it is kind of what it is, but I, I was hoping for maybe a little bit more of like, uh, I don't know. Like if we're going to hear yeah. Ganondorf speak for the first time, I want it to be like very, very cool. And, it, and it, maybe it could be right. Like that, that line might've been edited in a weird way or something like that for the trailer. But I would say that's one fear. I mean, hopes I have lots, uh, you know, I, my hope is that like we start playing this game and they pull like a like a Metal Gear Solid two on us or something like that. And a <laughs> yes, couple couple yes. hours in, it's like actually you're playing as like Wild Man Link or like you're playing as like something that you did not expect. Like it's something something we Daruk. never saw coming, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can switch between the champions whenever you want. You know, oh, you know what? One of my this is going to be ridiculous, but one of my hopes is that, and I would love to hear your guys' opinion on this. One of my hopes is that in some way, even if it's just like a small little Easter egg, do something to reference or make my time spent playing Age of Calamity worth it. Because like, oh no, no, yeah, it's not like, gonna happen. I, I don't now, know what you mean, now we're I, disagreeing I had, with like, you. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that. We I don't are, want that I, egg anywhere near the game. Maybe on a shelf like, somewhere. See, I love Age of Calamity. I I love the I'm. I love Musos, and so I well, had the best time Let me ask you a question. Did, did you just have, like, a bad taste in your mouth after that game? No, okay. I wanted I, more. I, I 100% okay. of the game and all DLC. Like, I I love that. I love – it's one of my and, favorite and, Musos And, and let me be clear. I'm not talking about the quality <laughs> of the game at all. Like, I, I actually played the heck out of that game either, mm-hmm. and I don't like those games. Like, I didn't like Are the first t- Tiger okay. Warriors. But it, it, it was the – yes, but it was the total fanfickiness of it all that uh, – yeah. 
Like that's every every Muso not, game that does exactly, that and that's why I'm they, not like you know the Muso games or these like uh, multiverse games. Like I always bring up the Fire yeah. Emblem phone game. Like has to exist oh, yeah. in this space where all the people can be pulled out of their universe and into this one, and it creates for like a yeah it makes for a very contrived premise. Man, by the way, those DS games they would make great mobile games uh in yeah 2023 um but like for for age of calamity <laughs> like it's kind of weird because like in a bubble i i thought that the game was actually like really fun like it had a cool story it had good music mm-hmm. gameplay it was like fine but like i just i just had a bad taste in my mouth after because it's like you know the whole marketing was like see what happened 100 years before exactly the wild and it's just kind of <laughs> like this no this isn't that and this is as not soon that. as so, we like, went back in time with that robot i was like oh no as, as, like as soon and then as they, that there's demo a bigger reveal, out, yeah, yeah, later that just like damn man, I knew you were yeah. gonna do this. And like in a bubble, I thought that was cool. Like I, I loved that big reveal in chapter five. I was like, sweet, this is cool. Like and maybe maybe this is how they're going to bring. Spoilers. I'm sorry, everyone who hasn't played the skip ahead. You're seconds. this far ahead, and yeah, yeah I was like, maybe, maybe this is how they're going to bring these champions into Tears of the Kingdom. Like, maybe they're bringing them back. I don't know because, like, you know, there was a lot of equity in those characters. Maybe they're not, but like, it's just like I don't know. I would almost like, like, just some sort of reference to say like this is not just like a weird spinoff game that you invested a lot of hours in that actually means nothing after we told you that it means something. Yeah. That that might be a hope. I don't know. That's like, I, it, again, I really like Age of Calamity in a bubble. I do too. But like, it, us, yeah, us Muso players are just like first time, huh? <laughs> like they, we know that that's what the Muso games are. They always bring in some avatar that is outside of all of the other stuff. Yeah, typically bring in a different villain too, which they did with. Age oh, Aster, he was, he was the worst. He, he was, was horrible. Yeah. But that's how they all are. That's how they all are. But but to, to your point, like, I, I totally get that. And I think Hyrule Warriors was just very, like, very straightforward. Where it's like, yeah, this is like a, a fun spinoff kind of yeah. whatever, right? Where, like, Age of Calamity was very much, it like, build. this... This is a prequel to Breath of the Wild. And, like, this is yeah. what happened beforehand. And, like, it's just kind of like... It's not. no, it's not. It's not. No, it's no. It, you, it, it from the get go. It is very <laughs> different. Like the way yeah. that Link uh, becomes a part of the squad. Like you, yeah. the The squad already existed before in Breath of the Wild. Before Link was added to it, and he was sort of a man. Like they made them accept him as a knight. And in in, mm, in I, Calamity, like no, Link's there to begin with, and you go get everybody. And it's like this is not. This is not how it goes. I think the marketing team got mixed up. I think what happened was is the developers made the game. They knew what they were making the whole time. Oh, yeah. And then they presented it. And then the marketing team behind it was just like, oh, okay. Oh, so they're doing a prequel. Okay, it's a prequel. Tell, don't tell me anything else. Anyways, let me go tell everyone they're making a prequel to it. And yeah, it's just like, I, I would be more no, cynical and say I don't it. think they got mixed up. I think they were just like, this is the best way to sell this game, which which is why I kind of have yeah. like a, a negative taste in my mouth. And, and like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird because like With- I'm a like I'm a Metroid fan, obviously. And like like the games that a lot of people would like to forget about, I, I would like, for example, I would love for them to like 
have some Metroid references to Metroid Other M to kind of make it try and be like retroactively like less bad. You know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> make, like, like, like at least get something out of that experience, which is kind of what I'm trying to say with like Tears of the Kingdom and Age of Calamities. Like, I don't know what, but like do do something to make like, let's get something out of Age of Calamity other than just like this weird fanfic kind of game that we ended up getting. That doesn't or, really. Or as, as Tegan called it, fix it fic. <laughs> yeah there you go yeah, yeah. uh I, so I, I, I guess that would be a hope i, I should I, I should go back and check that um promote the material promotional material for that because i wonder if uh this is a prequel i wonder if the, the a is just italicized it's like a prequel there's there's many different prequels to breath it's of the wild this the is just prequel. a I... one of them no, very, very specifically. <laughs> you will go back to the marketing and you will see them say the words verbatim, find out what happened a hundred years before the events of Breath of the Wild. Like that's that's that was the game. That was mm. the marketing for it. And I was like, Hell yep. yeah, this sounds awesome. Of course I played and it. And then and then they did like the you know, the the time travel gimmick, and I was just kinda like, Okay, well I I knew I knew things were gonna go sideways there. Again, didn't first stop time me from you do it, it, shame on me. Second time they do it, shame on them. <laughs> yeah. I, like i i like i like age of Clam. i played a lot of age of calamity very fun mm-hmm. um but it, you know it, it would be kind of nice to I, th- I think a lot of us thought that like oh maybe there's going to be like a hint of breath of the wild 2 in here like how is this game going to relate to Nothing. breath of the wild 2 and like i uh, i i still have like this little morsel of, of hope somehow i don't know but that would be cool if they did it's... that i would like that all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, before we do that, though, um, will we play as Zelda in Tears of the Kingdom? You know, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, not not at this point. I don't yeah. think so. I could I could see a world where maybe there's DLC, but then again, like I feel like if you're going to do something as impactful and awesome as playing as Zelda, which make no mistake would be awesome. Like that would be so awesome. Yeah, uh, I I just I can't see them not including that in the base game and using it as a big selling point. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I I think I I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say it's off the table, but I just like my brain tells me like I think if we were gonna do that, you you would know, know by, by now. now, right? Because like, it's like that's a pretty big that's a pretty big part of the game. Or maybe maybe that's their Metal Gear Solid two. You know, maybe yeah. you because like. Clearly, at some point in this game, Link kind of falls. It gets a little bit beat up, and his arm gets all mucked up, and uh, the, the sword gets whatever uh, destroyed. So, like, maybe you play Zelda for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be quite on uh, the scale that everybody was hoping. Yeah, myself. Wait another six that, years. That would have been a great gimmick to set this apart from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, one of the one of the links that we've seen is actually Zelda. Yeah, we just yeah. haven't seen the face of the of, of the the mullet link. It's actually Zelda. Yeah, right. well, hey, Zelda cut her hair to kind of you know anything's possible. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love for that to to happen. I think it's it's probably overdue. You know. Yeah. Oh, for sure, absolutely. All right, Andy, thank you so much for spending time with yeah. us to talk about Zelda and all of that. Hey, anytime. I uh, I had a good t- I had a good time with you guys. It's uh, it's always fun talking about Zelda, and and I love like coming on other shows, and it's just like okay, like let's just talk. Like it's it's fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we, we'll have to we, get you we on all again. Know we're, why we're here? Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll have to. We'll have to reconvene after uh, Tears of the Kingdom comes out and see kind of if what what hit what missed. So a uh, quick recap of where the listeners could go if they want to hear more from you. Um, okay. Well, you can check uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Spateri316. I usually tweet out all of my uh, podcast links and stuff like that. But if you want to check out the ZeldaCast, we are uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can like and subscribe. We're on Twitter at the ZeldaCast. And we have uh, our episodes published to ZeldaDungeon.net every week as well. And since I'm shilling, you can also check out uh, Omega Metroid Pod where... Um, you know, we we have our our podcast episodes go out there, and and we have a we have a Metroid version of Zelda Dungeon that uh, that just launched last year. So uh, OmegaMetroid.com too, nice for Metroid heads out there. Awesome. Um, and then yeah, my last shill is my my video game podcast, Virtual Theater X. So check it out. Uh, and yeah, there, there we go. Wherever you get your podcast, you can probably find me somewhere. Fantastic. We'll have links to all of those in the description as well. Sweet. And then to need for all speed right. running, my other show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go Brian. Go ahead, and plug your other stuff. You haven't done that in a little <laughs> while. Yeah, Need for Speed Running, a show about speed runs with with some friends from GDQ and stuff. And uh, uh, remember sixty four, a show where I'm the weird uncle that talks about sixty four games. <laughs> so I love Hooray. that. I love that. Shout out to Diddy Kong Racing, one of my favorites. Hell yeah, yeah. Thank you, listeners. Uh, as you're hearing this episode, we should only be just days away from Tears of the Kingdom. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Anytime someone shares how many days are left, I'm like, dude, spoilers. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about it. All right. We will see you all on the other side. All right. See you guys. Boy, boy. <laughs>